been a long day. Grab a beer and sit back. It's time for Brew Talk. Here's Scott Chad and the Brew Doctor himself, Dr. Michael Mosier. Happy Brews Day, everyone. It is the world-renowned, well, maybe not world-renowned, but locally-renowned. Maybe not even renowned. (laughs) On this side of town right now. The best 5 o'clock Tuesday afternoon (laughs) beer show in Greeley. In Greeley. (laughs) Coming to you from the Aloe Fiber Studios in downtown Greeley. It is Scott and Doc today. Chad is on assignment, and we're hoping he does well today. So if you're listening out there, Chad, hope things are going well, and we will do our best to drink beer for you and to review beer for you. I like that idea. I do, too. So, I mean, first things first, what are we drinking? Yeah, Well, um, I brought in from Rule 105 uh, two different beers, uh, the Poncho and Lefty which is sort of like our signature Mexican lager. Mm -hmm. Um, Goes really good with the lime, but I didn't happen to bring any limes in. So we're just... Minus two points. Yeah, we're just enjoying (laughs) it as it is. And then later on, uh, we have a a can of uh, Taddy Bogler Scottish Ale. And so that's our Scottish that seems to be pretty well liked. Nice. Yeah. So we'll have some good beers to taste during the first half of the show. Mm-hmm. And then when we get into our review beer, we're going to go then back hopefully, east. Hopefully hopefully it goes good. <laughs> hopefully it goes good. We'll see what happens with that. Um, we're not even going to tell you what we're going to review later. you got to stick around and listen for that. But So first thing first, we were talking about it right before we came on air. There was no Budweiser commercial this year there wasn't. at the Super Bowl. There wasn't. Um, I was actually trying to watch as much of the commercials as possible. Yeah. I think I probably only saw half of what was showing because I was still working at the time. Oh, well, so. of course. Um, and I was rather disappointed with some of the commercials. Um, there was a couple, maybe one or two that were humorous. And that's, yeah. that's kind of what you look for if, you know, in between plays is something really to wow your socks off. Absolutely. And something that will get talked about tomorrow when we're on the Nerd Show. Mm-hmm. Shameless plug. I feel like Nick Kinney doing that. But on the Nerd <laughs> Show tomorrow, we'll talk about all of the pop culture and the sci-fi and the movie trailers and things. And there was a right. bunch of those. There was a bunch yeah. of those that made me think, oh, wow, I've yeah. got to go see this movie. Or, this really looks cool. But those weren't the kind of commercials I was expecting yeah. to see. Like, there was a Doritos commercial. There's yeah. always, you know, something funny about those. Well, and some of the stuff that they're pulling in to try and, you know, really lean into the nostalgia piece. You saw the John Travolta thing with uh-huh. Zach Braff and the guys from Scrubs, and they did the whole take on you know, Greece, and they got right. John Travolta singing again for T-Mobile. I thought that was interesting. Um, and then you saw the Breaking Bad one where they do the pop corners, and that right. was a really big kind of element there. One of them that I was a little shocked and surprised to see was the Ant-Man Heineken 0.0 yes. commercial. I was like, Wow. That's odd. I know there was a plug for their new movie yeah. coming out, but uh, it just seemed kind of like, okay, this is just a, you know, like I would have expected, you know, if there was going to be a movie franchise that's going to pair with a beer company that they would have done something very similar to this. Yeah. But um, it just also goes to show that uh, Heineken and a lot of other companies are really um, advertising their low alcohol and no alcohol beers. Yeah, which we've talked about before. Yeah. and. Here's the thing that I think they did a really good job of is they had a really good tagline because I still remember it. Don't drink and shrink. 
Don't drink and train. Yeah, that was the whole premise of it. And then it was like, you know, don't don't give the ants any beer even as much as they want it. But that whole element of that, I thought that was odd. But yeah, I was thinking about that today as I was driving in. I'm like, oh my gosh, I keep remembering, don't, you know, don't drink right. and drink or don't drink and shrink. And so it's like, I think a Heineken 0.0. So at least they got the earworm going. So that right, was good. Right. I mean, yeah, it was, it's a good time to reach out. Um, I think a lot of people are looking forward to beer commercials. Uh, uh, and snack commercials. Those seem to be the big kind of commercials that you'd see during the Super Bowl. Um, And we saw an awful lot of uh, other kinds of commercials, too, like a commercial for EV vehicles (laughs) that was just kind of out there. And uh, so there was a, you know, but I'm looking forward to those beer commercials. I really like, I miss the days when we used to have the you know, the taste great, less filling kind yeah. of commercials all the time with the pop mm-hmm. stars and, and, you know, the big stars yeah. in football um, announcing them. So, or the beer frogs, I mean, the beer frog one, yeah. or the, mm-hmm. you know, the What's one. Up series, What's Up, yeah. you know, all of those. They were catchy and they were fun. Um, one of the elements I thought was really interesting in kind of the whole year we're talking about the snacks is that. About a month ago on the Nerd Show, we were talking about how there was this big uproar about new M&Ms. Right. There was a purple M&M and everything else. And then they had an M&M commercial during yeah, the Super Bowl, the and it's like, we're the, back for good. It was the like, one with Maya and the yeah, clam, Maya Rubel, yeah. clam stuffed M&Ms or something. Yeah. And my wife looked at me and said, what? And I what? said, well, I'm sure that's just a joke. Yeah. Although, you know, would a candy-coated chocolate Clam tastes good. I don't know. I don't think so. I thought that was... And so it almost goes, that was probably really good marketing ploy on their part. Mm -hmm. They literally created a little bit of a buzz in order to get that in the news early. And then Mm -hmm. they, you know, kind of did the 180 and they did that. So it was... uh, that was interesting. So yeah. I don't know. But did you enjoy the game at all? Did you enjoy um, the outcome? Actually, I kind of did. I was uh, I was kind of uh, surprised that in the end that uh, Kansas City finally managed to pull it off. Um, you know, there's a lot of controversy apparently yes. about one of the calls. And I read someplace that they had actually asked the person who had um, tugged on his jersey and said, did you do it? And he said, yeah, I did. I just didn't think they'd call it. Yeah, he he did. So, he, he admitted it, which I which feel I like he'll never kinda, do that again. Right. I mean, <laughs> it kind of gets rid of the controversy yeah. in it. But uh, um, I think the teams were so evenly matched, it would have been smart to go. I mean, it would be to really make sure who's the champion. Let's play it again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they were so evenly you know, the score yeah. was just seemed to be the same the whole way through the game. Yeah, and so. definitely it was a difference of the two halves. I mean, you know, Correct. Philadelphia really played well the first half. They didn't mm-hmm. handle the second half. And then the Chiefs, which are kind of known for doing that on the in the second half, they were right. really, really good. It's like if you're not up by like 15 or 16 points with two minutes to go, you're there's a good possibility you might not. Right. Pull that out against the Chiefs because they right. just always seem to have found ways to win so, over the last few yeah, years. Yeah, so, so my family all lives in Missouri, and so, yeah. of course, they're uh, um, super excited about uh, about the win. They were very happy um, with it. So, but, you know, I know a lot of people yeah. that were very much rooting for the Eagles, and I, yeah. I totally understand that. Um, yeah. To me, I'm kind of torn <laughs> in between. You know, and I'm such a homer. If the Broncos aren't playing in the Super Bowl, I'm just rooting for good commercials. There you so. go. <laughs> That's where I'm at. <laughs> and to your point, we had a few. Good man. Good man yes. being a homer. That's right. Yeah. So we, and, and there were a few. <laughs> yeah. There, there were a few good commercials, but not a lot. Well, and something else 
sticking on the topic of the Super Bowl, Doc, you were showing you had some data that just came out even today oh, about yeah. draft beer sales. So draft beer sales were up four percent during the um, wow. fo- the uh, football game this year compared to the football game last year. And you were saying so, that draft beer sales means draft beer sales means that you're you're ordering a pint at the at the bar so or the, the pub or someplace like gotcha. that. So um, that's not taking it home. So that means right. that four point one percent more people were out watching the game. Um, compared to last year where, you know, you might anticipate that that would be Mm -hmm. accurate. Last year, most people were stuck at home Mm -hmm. or wanted to be at home and didn't really want to go out into the bars and stuff. So I think that's a good sign. I think that's a further evidence that we're slowly coming out of the lockdowns and the pandemic and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's good news or the same amount of people went out. They just drank 4.1% more than they did last year. Well, yeah, everybody, every fifth person had an extra beer or something like that, right? That that works out too. So, you know, either way, it's a good, it's a good report and it's good news. And it's Mm -hmm. a good indication to your point that there are things that are getting out. We're starting to see more of that. And I think even we talked about it last week about, you know, the the beer festivals and the events that are continuing to grow both in size and in scope and then just numbers. And right. So and the numbers and a lot of excitement about yeah. it, too. It's like, OK, I think we need a festival because we have to have one. Yeah. Was last year. Yeah. This year, it's more like, oh, we get to have some more have festivals and let's make it a little let's bigger this year yep. because we're going to get more people. So it's a little bit more excitement about them this year than I think there was last year. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what comes this year, both from just events that are outside and available and things that are going to continue mm-hmm. to draw that. And hopefully this will continue. And it, it's not the this knock is not wood. the peak. Yeah, yeah we're going <laughs> to knock on wood there and hope that it, we're not at the peak of everything. But I think it's great news. And I'm sure that the beer industry is really excited that they are seeing that volume go up. And mm-hmm. um, and it's funny to think that, that we had very few, if any, Budweiser, or we, did, we didn't have any Budweiser commercials. We had very few beer commercials, mm-hmm. and yet beer sales were up. Right, but uh, think of yeah. it this way, too, that, you know, the, the most expensive time to advertise oh, yeah. on TV is Super Bowl. Yeah. So you could, like, not advertise during <laughs> Super Bowl, but do it later in the week or the mm-hmm. week before, something like that, and, and and have three times as many commercials. Sure. So you might get more bang for your buck at a different time slot. Yeah, I think it's $7 million for 30 seconds. That's a lot, a lot of money your marketing team has to justify to spend on something like that. And we didn't see a lot of duplicates. So I think that they were able to sell pretty much every slot that they had available. Oh, yeah. And I didn't see a lot of the blank slots yeah. where they do like upcoming on this TV mm-hmm. channel is this show. Or you have like your local news channels or right. something else are able to mm-hmm. do the fillers. We didn't see a lot of that. So mm-hmm. interesting to say the least. And then, yeah. you know, there was a whole bunch of buzz about Rihanna and whether or not she was pregnant again, which apparently she is and the halftime show. And I don't know. It's yeah, uh, it was it was an exciting weekend. Let's just say I was entertained. Good. That's always a good thing. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the consumer side of beer and some other data that we saw that just came out today. That's talking about what is it costing people to actually drink beer at home? And that that number two, unsurprisingly, is growing, but maybe a little bit more than you thought. So stick around after a few messages. We'll be right back with that. Your sports team is not superior. 
simple fact is plainly obvious to see. We're gonna kick your collective posterior. Of course, you realize we're speaking figuratively. Welcome back to Brew Talk. <laughs> Coming to you live from downtown Greeley on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA, Northern Colorado's voice. <laughs> that is a that is an, an homage to the conversation we were having in, during the break about the meme that was floating around last week that I saw a bunch of people say the half the Super Bowl halftime show that we all wished that we would see but never would, and that would be Weird Al Yankovic. And mm-hmm. I think that would be so entertaining. I can think of so many other kinds of things instead of music. Why yeah. not have like monster trucks run over cars or something? Or you well, know, then they got to clean the field after. Well, that's true. That would be that's hard. true. But but yeah, you. I mean, you mentioned a comedy show. A comedy you, show. Why not have a, like a good comedian yeah. out there and just you know, it doesn't have to be music, does it? Right. No, I don't think it. does. I've got the perfect one. Okay. Monster trucks running over the worst rated referees from the season. <laughs> Sort of like in Boy. the movie Idiocracy, kind of, yeah. kind of uh, monster truck gonna... versus other people. Absolutely, <laughs> okay, yeah. uh, that could happen. Or so. they could just show the best of Idiocracy. <laughs> there you they, go. They could do a lot of things that they don't do, but there's a there's a lot of people apparently that pay a lot of money to go to those games and they want to see live entertainment, which isn't live. So, right, exactly. <laughs> which becomes painfully obvious to those of us who are watching it on TV. Exactly. I, I think that's the funny part about it. You have these halftime shows, and they're really produced for TV because the people in the stands aren't seeing anything. They're no, not they're picking out up getting on their it. popcorn they're, or something like getting that. Getting something else, and they're watching on you know the big jumbotron, and they're seeing it, but they're not seeing it. So, anyways, right. it's an interesting gig. It's come a long way. I saw another photo. It gave a comparison to like Super Bowl three and the number of people out for the coin toss. Mm-hmm. And there's like eight people on the field for the coin toss. And then for this year, there was like 40, 100 or something. <laughs> yeah, it was probably more like 40 or 50. I might have been exaggerating, but it was crazy. And then who gets to keep the coin? That's what I want to know. I don't Does know. Does the I, ref get to keep the coin? I think that the honorary, the person that goes out that is the honorary you know, coin toss person gets to keep the coin. Okay. And then the Franklin Mint makes like a million of them and they sell yeah, them for 50 bucks. Yeah, but that one's valuable. Out. Oh, yeah, but that one's valuable. The rest of them, not so much. And I'm sure that there's a certificate of authenticity person on the sidelines as soon as you come off the field that they, they sign it and st- date it. Stick and the hologram on it so you get that. Yeah, That's exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I picked up a couple of baseballs from baseball games that I've gone to that were <clears throat> significant because I'd either gone with my son to a game um, or I'd gone to a game where the Blue Jays played, which is my favorite team or whatever else. And it's so funny because it's like, oh, yeah, you got to wait till after the game and they got a little hologram and this was a foul ball in the fifth inning and it's huh. got a hologram on it. Now it's $25. You're like, oh, really? Really? And it's in a plastic case and it tells you exactly what happened for that ball. And huh. it's a little bit over the top. Well, marketing, right? Marketing. And, and people will pay for anything if you tell them it's worth something. Apparently they will because I did. I bought baseballs <laughs> at the games. But well, anyways, going back to beer, we were talking right before the break about the cost of things. And we right. talked about how there was an increase in beer during the Super Bowl, which is good. We've all heard about the cost of everything going up. Doc, you've talked on a number of occasions, you know, being someone who owns and operates a 
you know, a craft brewery that, you know, just the cost of goods going up. And just the you, cost of and, uh, raw ingredients, yeah. not even counting utilities. Yeah. And, you know, supply chain challenges and staffing costs and everything else. Staffing, but yeah. you had an interesting number. And, and what was that again? Yeah, so this was the consumer price index for beer at home, which would be package sales. Um, cans and bottles. The opposite of draft sales, which we talked about right. in the last um, It continues to outpace inflation, increasing 9% last month versus wow. January of 2022. So that's kind of an interesting little thing that beer is going up in its prices a little bit. But don't, mm-hmm. don't think about, uh, you know, like that it's a bad thing. It's it, It's just that's what most things have to do to account yeah. for all of the labor and, and and all of the different aspects of that particular industry. Yeah. I mean, like if you're um, looking at the cost for carrots, carrots goes up based upon not just how much it costs the farmer, but also there's a middle person. Yep. Um, there's a distributor, et cetera, and then the grocery store has to mark onto it. And when you get enough people marking onto it, the price is going to have to go up a little bit someplace because mm-hmm. everybody's costs are going yeah. up. It's that whole supply chain thing and mm-hmm. economics. So, Doc, let me ask you this. Are you are you seeing things as it relates to your take-home sales for your cans that you do in at Rule 105? Is that pretty much on track with that, or does that number surprise you? Um, that number doesn't surprise me terribly much. Um, we used to think that we were overpricing ourselves, um, and so, um, but we've gone back now to look in the liquor stores, and uh, no, we're not overpriced. Um, yeah. Many of the other beers have caught up and surpassed our prices, uh-huh. and it's just because, you know, we, we've set it as low as we possibly can set it, and still cover all of our expenses. Sure. And, you know, having a small craft brewery, there's the things that you were just talking about before. You've got your right. labor costs. You've got your ingredients costs. Mandatory yeah. raises to minimum wage yep. and all of Oh, yeah. Yeah, don't forget that changed in January, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, cost of raw ingredients went up. Cost for shipping went up. Um, you know, cost for this went up, cost for aluminum went up, but all of the costs across the board increased and some by a little bit and some by an awful lot. Just look at our gas bill. Yeah. Right. Um, so we use natural gas to mm-hmm. heat our water at the brewery and natural ga- gas costs are skyrocketing. There's just another rate increase just recently. So. And I'm so I'm curious about one other thing as you're talking about all these rate increases. Are these things that you guys look at and track month over month or is mm-hmm. it quarter over quarter? What do you normally do? So normally I do it a quarter over quarter. Okay. If you get a little bit too tight on your numbers, then you can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. And so um, quarterly reporting is what I tend to do. Look at the last three months. Where have we been and where are we now? Um, that kind of thing. You can more clearly see if you're going up or if you're going down mm-hmm. or or what the trends are, uh, which beer style is seems to be the most um, well-liked, which one seems to be waning, that kind of stuff. Gotcha. And that also kind of tracks a little bit with lifetimes of beers and stuff like that. So quarterly seems to work well. And do you think that when it comes to beer, is there a certain element of beer production that is outpacing or driving that number up more so than any other element? You know, initially I thought it was just raw ingredients yeah. um, because those are based on farmer mm-hmm. um, yields. 
like, uh, for instance, this last year in Europe, they had a terrible summer. Um, it was just a little bit too wet and – or was it too wet or too, too dry? It was one of the two. Yeah. And uh, basically what that meant is their hop fields didn't produce as much hops as they normally would have. So it was a lower than normal yield for the hop crop. So now that means there's fewer pounds of hops available on the market uh, of these particular styles of hops, which means that the cost of them is going to go up because the demand for them is going to yeah. um, go up. And so where a – for the brewer side of things, where a pound of hops might have cost um, $16 uh, a year ago, now it might be 19 or $20. Um, and that – is ex- yeah. you know that adds up but mm-hmm. doesn't sound like it adds up a lot but that's you know like a 20% increase yeah and now you have to also consider transportation costs have mm-hmm. gone up so to ship those hops from say Czechoslovakia or from Germany someplace like that um you're going to have to pay extra for the shipping to get them and so the cost is even going to go up beyond that too so buying more local um n- locally grown things reduces those transportation costs and also helps support the people that are local as mm-hmm. well because local farmers are having just as much yep. trouble getting seeds as everybody else is. So it's nice to to help support them and that helps keep the costs down as low as possible. Yeah. And we all know that the bigger the organization, the bigger the industry, the bigger their fields and services Correct. are, then the more margin for error that they have in that regard. So if you're dealing with a local farmer where you just talked about, you know, maybe right. a pound of hops is now it's 20 bucks if you're going to get it overseas. Well, maybe it's still 20 bucks to buy it local because they just don't have the, but the I can, acres and acres. But, but I can swing by and yes, pick it exactly. up and I don't have to pay the extra yep. three or $4 shipping mm-hmm. to get it here. So yeah, it definitely can play into it. And I'm guessing that a lot of organizations and a lot of craft breweries like yourself are doing those things strategically. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we're still seeing a 9% increase over beer costs from a year ago that is outpacing the consumer price index. So no matter what is going on, the right. cost of beer is going up, which means it's just a more expensive thing to do. But Correct. But I think what will happen here is once this initial rise has happened, um, which it, it would I would have expected it to happen over this winter. That's when all the crop mm-hmm. reports come in, all the the pricing starts to come together, and people start putting together their orders for uh, for the next coming year. And so after that, I have a feeling, you know, March, April, I think the cost increases there are going to drop almost to zero. I think it'll just it'll flatten out as the market stabilizes, and then hopefully we have a good summer this year and. Barley production hopefully will be up. I'm hoping that um, hop production will be up as well, and we'll be back to as normal as we can be. <laughs> so <laughs> we I keep mean, we saying still, that, yeah, yeah. We still have to have like the pay for the energy costs sure. to malt the barley. Yeah. Um, that is an ex- a very energy intensive process mm-hmm. to go through all this malting and washing the the grain and helping the grain grow and then drying the grain out and et cetera. That is very energy intensive. And if it costs money to do that, well, it's going to be based upon how much the energy cost. So anything we can do to drop energy costs will help. That would be a good lower thing. Lower the cost of beer. Yeah. So. 
and we could get in a whole different discussion about electric vehicles and all the electric <laughs> electrification that we're trying to do, but how that just sort of shifts the... It just shifts yeah, where the costs where, go. Where the costs go and where right. the energy is being generated right. and where it's being stored. So we won't get into that here, but... Maybe we'll check back in if we remember mm-hmm. in April or May and see how those costs are changing or haven't changed or what we're seeing over the course of the last three months versus what we've seen over this last three months and right. we'll find out if we're seeing see some, if we're seeing some flattening out of this uh, growth in cost yeah. and um, as we move into summer too I think we'll start to see more people start to come out Agreed. and and they're hopefully going to be making more yeah and so as the inflation is starting to increase our salaries a little Mm -hmm. bit over time hopefully we'll be back to where we were before nobody will um, notice that the cost is anything more than it was two years ago that sounds like a great plan so very good knock on wood very wish yeah knock on wood again i feel like we've done that every segment (laughs) so far well we'll keep doing that well great conversation just about the economics of beer and how that's changed in the last you know couple years, especially with COVID, but everything overall. So we're going to take a quick break. And then we get back, we're going to try a beer. I think it's a beer. It's an ale. Mm-hmm. We'll call it an ale. Mm-hmm. We're going to try something a little bit different this time. And we'll, we'll see how this pans out for Doc and myself. And we'll let you know what we think. So stick around. We'll be back in not two and two, but I love saying two and two. So we'll be right back. Welcome back. Boy, it's too bad it's live. I could redo that, but I can't. So welcome back to Brew Talk. I think that's one of the first times I've really fumbled coming back out of break. But, oh, that's um, okay. Don't worry about it. It was a good song. It was, good it was a good song. We could have just kept listening to it. That's so, right. Next time, Michael, will do the you're live and you're not live yet, and we'll go again, and we'll just keep trying it. So anyhow... Great conversations about the economics of beer and some of the things that are going on with that. And, Doc, I really appreciate you bringing some insight to that because for those of us who don't make beer or own a local brewery or whatever else, a lot of those things you just don't know. Well, I think a lot of us oftentimes just don't think about the foods that we eat and what goes into getting it on our plate. We just think, oh, it's just a hamburger. Yeah, but... Think of all the people that had to be involved in all the jobs that were involved in putting that hamburger on your plate. Definitely. So, yeah, it's a it's something. It's kind of a fun experiment to do. It is. Well, thinking. Well, thinking of fun experiments. Thinking of fun experiments. Right? Thank you. I'm fumbling all over my words. It must be that Poncho and Lefty that I was drinking. It's, <laughs> it's starting to hit me today. But we're going to try something a little different today. Um, and. For those of you who've been listening and have heard me talk even on the Nerd Show or whatever else, you know that I'm a bourbon guy, a big fan of bourbon and whiskey and just all the elements of that. And I came across something from the Lexington Brewing and Distilling Company, and it is a Kentucky Vanilla Barrel Cream Ale, and it is a beer that is aged in bourbon barrels. And I was like, this sounds like should be right up my alley. So we're going to we're going to give that a shot. Yeah. I mean, it, um, the name cream ale sometimes will make people think that it's going to have milk in it. Yeah, it doesn't. Mil- uh, cream ale just means that it, it has a creamy mouthfeel. Yeah. So or it's a. Uh, 
It's a style of beer that is a hybrid between an ale and a lager. Mm-hmm. Well, and right off the bat, the nose on this is really, really, really vanilla. Yes, but subtle. I mean, yeah. it is. It, that's all I smell in the nose is the vanilla, mm-hmm. but it's not in your face. Right. Yeah, it's not overwhelming. It's not like you're, you're right. sniffing out of a bottle of vanilla, but it's very obvious. It's very there. And so. Yeah, sort of like those candles when you have to stick your nose up to the candle to try to smell what the candle's going to oh, smell yeah. like. I mean, you have, you're kind of mm-hmm. like, I think I smell what it's going to smell like. Yeah. But then when you light it, that'd be the same as like tasting mm-hmm. it and see if it comes through. Yeah. So just what you said about that cream ale, like you give that mouthfeel that it's a good cream feel. You get that out of this one. I mean, at least for me, when mm-hmm. I when I tasted it the first time, it tastes kind of creamy. I'm getting a little bit of the vanilla. I'm getting mm-hmm. some of the caramel oats. A lot so. of that vanilla is the, also lending itself to the creaminess of yep. the beer. Agreed. Um it's an interesting beer. I was I was expecting it to be more whiskey like. Yeah, a little whiskey forward, more oak forward or yeah. something like that, but it's it's very subtle on those. The vanilla is not overpowering, but definitely there. It's there. Yeah. And nice clean beer too. Definitely is. Um hmm. seems like that the the head that we got on it when we poured it was really prominent and was really Mm-hmm. Well distinct defined, and then it just kind of dissipated. It settled, which I think is fairly normal for a cream ale, right? Um, I've seen cream ales that'll stick around. Oh, okay. I think it just depends upon uh, the amount of protein and amount mm-hmm. of oils that are in yeah. the particular beer. And then, yeah, I just watched you, you know, slosh your circle your glass around a couple times and get a decent, you know, get a nice decent uh, yeah. creamy head yeah, on it. Definitely is. Um, this is actually uh, a pleasant taste here. Um, I'm really enjoying it. It's uh, it, You might be thinking, oh, it's going to be one of those dark beers because it's in a barrel. Yep. But no, it's actually golden color, a little yep. hazy. Um, and uh, the th- I don't think it's filtered or anything. And it just has a nice vanilla cream. I'm going to use the word cream in a different way here. Mm-hmm. It, to me, tastes like a mixture bet- of vanilla and cream blended through the beer. Yeah. And the beer is not overpowering. It's not overly hopped or anything. And I'm still hunting. Maybe there's a little bit of oaky whiskey barrel kind of flavor in there someplace, but I can't find it It's really subtle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not a... It's not a session beer. It's 5.5% alcohol, which is not on the high side, but it's definitely not a Right. A it's it's kind of nice that yeah. it's lo- that low instead yep. of like 14.6% <laughs> exactly. or something that you can only have one or two tastes. Um, so I actually do like it when it's low like that because yeah. then I can have a whole glass and not feel like I'm doing myself in. Yeah, I don't know. I'm... Uh, what do you think of the... I'm I'm enjoying it. I think it's really interesting. I'm missing Chad right at this moment because I'd be asking Chad, all right, what do we pair this with? What kind of food do you think this would go well with? But this, to me, almost kind of seems like something that it's pretty wide open. I think so, too. But um, I'm thinking it, this would go good with something that was toffee or caramel flavored. Oh, yeah. Don't you think? Like a um, butterscotch pudding or, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, that's kind of... Yeah, or, or a creme brulee dessert. A creme brulee. Well, oh, yeah. I, w- I was going like a box of Jello pudding <laughs> from the cupboard kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, that kind of creamy, but to- uh, like flan. Yeah, I think it would go really good with flan. Mm-hmm. And I think the part 
that I'm now realizing that I'm missing is I wish there was a little bit more distinct of that bourbon mm-hmm. barrel side of it. I you know I know that's what they talk about on the can, but it would be really nice if you got a little bit of that hint. I, I don't yeah, know well, that I would know that. On here it says <clears throat> that uh, the tasting notes include oak, vanilla, caramel, and toffee. Yeah. But no bourbon. It's right. not listed as one of the notes that on there. And I know that most bourbons will say that primarily you're going to get from the wood, you're going to get that vanilla, you're going to get the caramel, you're going to get the right. the toffee flavors, but it just seems like... A bourbon has a, a distinct flavor definitely in does. and of itself. Yeah. And I'm, I agree with you. I'm not quite getting all of it. I'm not getting it. it. I... It's almost like one of those, I wish it was a little bit more distinct because otherwise I wish they wouldn't say that mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's a little bit disappointing when you're going, I'm going to have this. And I've, I've seen a lot of beers that just are barrel aged. Just yeah. barrel aged vanilla cream mm-hmm. ale and it's going to be so dark and rich and yeah. full of toffee and bourbon mm-hmm. flavors and I'm going to love it. And it doesn't come through with all yeah. of those. And we see that from some of the places, even locally, some of the media noches that are done and a lot of those things that get done by some of the locations. Now, have Rule 105 ever done a, a barrel-aged beer? We've done a couple barrel-aged beers. Uh, we um, do our barrel-aging usually over oak, and sometimes it's just over charred oak. So the oak gotcha. itself will lend a lot of oaky yeah. flavors to it. But if you char the oak, it just basically filters yep. the beer. Mm-hmm. And you don't get a lot of those oaky yeah. flavors. So we've tried a couple different ones, a stout mm-hmm. and a porter. We've done that way. And I almost wonder if those do a better job. And maybe it's the type of barrel that they're aged in or whatever else. But usually those, when I've, you know, the porters and the stouts that are barrel aged, you get some of that hint. And I think that's what I was expecting out of this that I'm not getting. Well, yeah, that's why I was um, uh, keen to talk about the fact that this is not a dark beer, because most people expect the barrel-aged beer to be dark, Mm -hmm. but it's not. And it doesn't mean you have to put a dark beer in a barrel. Yeah. Well, and I also don't know how long they aged it, and I think that's that's part of it, too. It's like, did you age it for three weeks or... Or you three know, minutes. Or, yeah, or, <laughs> or three years. It's like, yeah, you wouldn't, well, I know you wouldn't do three years. But yeah, that, because I know that's well, where. you might do it three years if you really wanted to I guess. draw out some flavors. Yeah. I know some stouts that have aged even longer. Than oh, that. interesting. Yeah. yeah, so they could do it. I mean, I know that's why, you know, bourbon, when it goes into the barrel, is clear because it's that grain alcohol. Right, and right. it gets its color from the wood, from, from that aging wood. and everything else. And so I could see that. And the fact that this is so light in color tells me that that aging process is probably pretty short. And or the taste... that it's still long, but most of the color has been leached out by the bourbon that was in there oh, before they I put the beer possible. in it. So yeah. there's not much color left to come out. You know, I know a, a couple of people who do whiskey and bourbon in town. I might have to ask them and go, so if you barrel age something, is the color gone or are you going to get more color out of it? Well, I know that after a while, you you, you know, I don't know how long they let it sit there, yeah. but after a while, you got to throw the keg or the the barrel away yeah, and start over again. Out. Yeah, which is why you see so many barrels being used in the brewing sure. field is yeah. because uh, the, it was no longer good mm-hmm. in the whiskey field. But the brewer yeah. is like, well, it still has some flavor mm-hmm. in there. Gonna... Well, and I have learned recently that in you know for bourbon, which is an American whiskey, it's uh-huh. a bourbon can only be made in America. That it has to be virgin oak barrels that are charred. So you Correct. literally couldn't even use a used oak barrel 
if make you bourbon. wanted to, to make bourbon, you no, could do you it could for whiskey or beer or something that else for like beer, that. Yeah. yeah, you definitely could, which is where some of these collaborations come from in different areas and different That's opportunities. Correct. So, yeah, I'm. I wonder what a virgin oak charred barrel would be like for just a beer. Ooh. That'd be interesting. That is interesting. I wonder, you know, I, I don't know a, if you know anybody who does beer. They might uh, be able to try that at all some point All this takes is money. So if you'd like to send me money to do all these projects and stuff, just let me know. We'll have to find out. Yeah. What would it cost to get a virgin charred single oak barrel? No, they're not going to be cheap. Yeah. But... Yeah. If anybody knows, let us know. Call in or post on social media and say, here's how much one of those barrels would be. <laughs> and we'd love to find out. And then we'll talk about a collaboration with Rule 105 or whatever else. So, well, we're going to take a break. Okay. And then when we come back, we'll we'll score this beer. We'll talk about where we scored it and everything else. I, I'm all over the map right now. Yeah, I thought no, I, I knew I exactly where I need some time to like, yeah. in, introspect and yeah. uh, decide. We'll, we'll have to think about it during the break, and we'll come back with our answers, and we'll let you know what we think. So stick around. We'll be right back. I just want to see how long I can let that play. I love the Analog <laughs> Kid by Rush. So thanks again to Micah for always at least giving me one little nod of my favorite band every time we come back. But that's a, another great song. And I love the line towards the end of the song. And 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 the boy, you know, pulls down his baseball hat and covers up his eyes. Dude, I can't sing, but I just I love it. So anyways, Doc, we've been tasting. We've been trying this um, Lexington Brewery and Distillery Kentucky Vanilla Barrel Cream Ale. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're ready to give our review. Yeah, I think so. Um, you ready? This took a lot of thought yeah, on my part. It was, I, I kind of waffled back and forth between a couple of different options. So we'll see where we land. All right. Okay, here Count we go. Three, one, two, three. Wow. Yeah, I think we went completely different ways We there. did. We did because I was waffling between the Red Solo Cup and the Growler. Oh, and I was waffling between the growler, the growler and, and the, the keg. keg. So yeah. I chose a keg, and uh, I did because I think this beer at 5.5% alcohol is actually a really decent beer that's barrel-aged that has some of the flavors, and they keep developing. As the beer started warming up, I mm-hmm. noticed that I started to taste more of the oak and you know the bourbon-y kind of flavors were in there. So... It, it's one of those beers that I think would be an excellent choice. Um, definitely something to think about for the end of the <laughs> for the end of the day yeah. kind of stuff before you before you call it a day. But I I don't know. That's where I was just kind of like waffling a little bit. Is I don't know if it's a keg or a growler for me. Yeah. And well, we'll just go with benefit of the doubt and say. Keg. Yeah. And for the first time in my brew talk history, I'm actually changing my vote because you've made a lot of really good points that I was considering and I didn't give myself. And so I actually am changing my vote to a growler because I think it was um, better than what I was anticipating. And while I was a little bit disappointed about the fact that it wasn't more whiskey, bourbon barrel oakiness to it, at the end of the day, it didn't detract from its flavor and my enjoyment of it. And so I'm 
I feel really bad about it because we said we weren't going to do that, but I did because <laughs> I think it's worth and it's deserving that this gets a Brew Talk stamp of approval. So it's definitely worth it. Yeah, I think so too. I'm, I, I don't. I, I would hate for this beer to get overlooked by somebody who's Agreed. who's thinking, hmm, I'll just go. It, you know, Brew Talk didn't like it, so I probably I'm not going to buy it. Yeah, but I, I think this is definitely one somebody should at least give a try and see if it's in their wheelhouse. They may not like it. Well, and but, let's be fair. I am the least knowledgeable and the last person that anybody who is a beer aficionado should listen to about their selection <laughs> of beer. So if you're listening to Doc and Chad, you're probably in a good space. If you're listening to me, and I would hate for me to be there. This is just a, this is just a great beer. <laughs> it is. Especially after dinner kind of beer. Yeah. And if you're if you're eating anything... You know, like dessert wise, this is going to go over really good. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy with my choice of a keg with it because I just think it's that tasty. And I, and I made my change because I was literally waffling between the two, and it yeah. was almost at that one of those. I was like, "Any, meeny, money, mo." Where am I at? Where am I at? Mm-hmm. And once again, you have done a great job of helping me think deeper about. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, my selection, and right. that's and what it's all about. That's exactly what it's all about. We all have to kind of look at it and go, hmm, you know, how's this taste for me? How does it look like for me? And um, listen to what other people say about it sometimes can really help us come up with our own uh, ideas of what it is, too. Yeah. So that's good. Because yeah. I enjoyed it from the get-go. The moment we opened it, and it had a good nose, it had a good flavor, everything else. So I yeah. just need to get out of my own head. And, and at the end of the glass, I was still enjoying it. Yeah. So that's a good sign, too. Oh, that, yeah. It's a great point to take into consideration. So if you're drinking a beer... Yeah, do you want another one afterwards? Yeah. That's a good good call is to say whether or not it's a good beer is... Would you like another one? And, you know, even if you don't have it, it's just like, yeah, I think I could use another one. I think I would use another one of those. I could definitely drink that again. Yeah, so great stuff. We went all the way from a Trapel last week that wasn't really a Trapel to a cream ale that... Is really a cream ale, but doesn't have the oak barrel taste in it that we thought we would. But it doesn't diminish its flavor. I, I don't think it detracted yeah. from it at all. I'm, I really now want to go to. Yeah, he wants. <laughs> I want to see this uh, brewery up close because yeah. if they did good on this one, what do they do on their others? Yeah. Well, and I love the fact that it's a distillery and a brewery. So I want to go because I get the best of both worlds. And also bring an Uber with you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because if it's a brewery and a distillery. Oh yeah. You don't want to be driving home. No, no, you do not. No. That would that would be a bad decision all the way around <laughs> to do that. So hmm. lots of good stuff there. Well, I am going to get to go in May, mm-hmm. and I've got a friend that I'm going to visit in um, Tennessee, and we're going to make a trip up into Kentucky, and we're going to go hit a couple of distilleries while we're up there. So, Well, in uh, May, I'm also going to be in Nashville. Yeah, that we talked about that. For the Craft Brewers Conference. That's and, fantastic. And it looks like uh, that's... I don't know where uh, Lexington is uh, versus Nashville, but uh, I don't know. We'll either. see how far it is. If it's not too far, we might yeah. do a little road trip. There one you day. go. It'd be a great one to go visit. You could take them a Brew Talk approved sticker to hand them exactly. personally and say, "We liked your beer so much on the radio in Greeley, Colorado, that it was Brew Talk approved, and you've earned this sticker oh, that's to cool. put on your window." That would be awesome. That would be totally cool. That and they'd look a- at me and go, "What are you talking yeah, about? What are you talking about?" <laughs> 
Yeah. They go, who are you That's again? because we're not nationally syndicated Not yet. yet. Yeah. I, I like how you said that. Not yet. We will be um, in like three to five years. I think that's part of the plan. I don't know. <laughs> I was kind of hoping three to five weeks, but hey, well, you know, stranger things have happened. We could get really well known because of this rating right here. I think so, too. This is going to just... And all the guests that we bring on, yeah. too. You know, there's a lot of notoriety there. There it is. Just, it just takes that right one. Yeah. And then, the right you know, boom. Well, and maybe to give listeners a little bit of a tease for what's coming up, we've got some really cool things kind of in the hopper, and we don't have anything that we can formally announce in regards to names yet, but we've been having a lot of conversations around town with people both in the craft brew industry as well as in just the the liquor industry, and we're talking to people about, hey, what do you think about this? Would you be interested in? And so far, all the conversations we've had have been really positive about an interest and a desire. So, well, I think the whole point is, is that brewers, liquors, um, distillers, etc. Everybody wants to help educate the public, and and everybody wants to let everybody else know how things are going. Yeah. And this is a great way to do that, and I think um, this is a great venue to do it in. It definitely is. And so I think one of the calls out to the listeners there, that whether you're listening to us live or you're listening to us later online, you know, if you've got an idea for somebody or said, oh, I'd love to come on the show and talk about this or that, let us know. I mean, we are not ever ever able to be all places all the time. So sometimes we're not aware of what's going on. But if you know of something, you think of something and go, they should be talking about this or they should interview this person or they should have this person right. on as a guest. We'd love to know it because we're we're always looking for opportunities to make our show even better. It's almost perfect. So it is, you know, I mean, but yeah. it, it's all, there's always a little bit of room for improvement. Uh, that's, you know, nobody's perfect. Perfect. We're, <laughs> We're about as close as we can get to it with our, you know, national, you know, accolades and the recognition and being the number one brew talk show on Tuesdays between five and six in Greeley, Colorado. That is without a doubt where we're at. And we uh, we will hold fast to that ranking as long as there's not another station this week. What do I have coming up yeah. this week? Anything fun? Um, not really. Well, no, that's not true. I you have, have the some, nerd show tomorrow night. Yeah, I got nerd show will be on tomorrow night, so we'll be able to talk about that. There's a lot of pop culture stuff going on there, and then I have some friends from Westminster coming up to hang out with us on Friday night. We're gonna probably go have a, a cocktail and some dinner and go maybe play some video games at a local arcade or something downtown Greeley and just kind of take in the scenes. And Sounds like fun. How about you? Uh, well, today, of course, uh, is the start to Valentine's Day. And so we have a chocolate cherry um, porter uh, that we're special releasing for today. And then uh, tomorrow happens to be trivia night. All nice. things Colorado is the theme. Uh, Thursday is open mic night, so if you have a guitar or a flute or whatever it is, and then Friday, uh, live band. So Sounds awesome. We're, we're busy this week, that's for sure. Yeah. I'm setting myself up for karaoke in a couple weeks, and I have <laughs> one karaoke song that I always do. Cool. It's YYZ by Rush. And oh. For anybody who understands that reference, you'll know exactly that's where we're That's hilarious. So, yeah. <laughs> it is my best one. Well... On behalf of Chad, who's on assignment, and Doc, I'm Scott. We hope you guys have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week.